pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 14 of the Draft Rugby Show. Uh, the show that the pod that they play in heaven, the show that they play in heaven. Someone updated the notes. Pretty sure it's the pod that they play in heaven. I think, uh, yeah, no, but we're the draft rugby show, mate. So it should well, be the show, show they play in heaven. Show pod, show whatever. Pod. It's in heaven. Okay. It's uh, it's where you get it. Um, well, uh, spoilers there, but Nelson is joining me tonight. So I'm Kagi and we've got Nelson and we cut the fat from the pod, frankly. And um, we've just, we've cut Harry. So um, we did it for the fans. We did it for the fans. It's going to be a nice streamlined pod tonight. Uh, and yeah, we're going to look at, we're going to talk about Super Rugby Pacific rounds nine and 10. So we're back from a week off last uh, weekend. We couldn't seem to sync up to get, uh, to have a look at rounds eight and nine, but let's just rip in to rounds nine and 10 uh, for, and let's just get with that straight into the entree. So let's have a look at the four games. It was the last uh, round nine was the last round that had three buys. Um, sorry, four buys. Uh, so the last <clears> three <throat> rounds which had buys. Um, and the buys in round nine were the Brumbies, Hurricanes, Moana and the Reds. And um, yeah, look, the weekend's kicked off with the Chiefs and Drew. And Nels, do you want to kick us off with that one? Yeah, mate, this makes eight in a row for, Fee, uh, for the Chiefs, not for Fiji. Uh, eight from eight. Winning this one 50 to 17 against the Fiji Indrua. Um, bucketing down in rain, uh, which you would normally assume makes it a, a really messy game. And at, at parts it was, but it was still an all out attacking affair. Um, five tries in the first 40 minutes, 40 odd points scored. Um, just, yeah, both teams were willing to throw the ball around, which was great. Radama and Rona. Had great games. Rona with 120 metres and two tries assists. I don't know what it is about him. I, I still look at him and just go, nah, he's, he's not going to do that well. And then he, he's been doing pretty well. So um, don't judge a book by the cover. He's, he's been killing it. Particularly for an uncontracted member of the Chiefs squad. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been these great articles about he'd be back uh, labouring on, I think he's a concreter on, on the trade side right now if, he, uh, if there wasn't all those injuries. But um, no, he's certainly he's played well. I think this is honestly, this is the best footy I've ever seen played in pouring rain. Like it was, yeah. the real execution in that first half was unbelievable. So um, huge game and from both sides as well. Um, you know, it actually it actually fell off in the second half when it stopped raining. Like the game slowed down. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that. yeah, I think the Chiefs didn't actually score until about the 70th minute and then they scored quite a few tries uh, in the last 10. But um, no, it was a really good game that one and the Chiefs ended up 50 to 17. I think, I'm not sure if you already mentioned the score, but... Um, and that was the first one. And then that took us on to the next game of the round. We had the Rebels and the Crusaders. And again, what a game this was. The Rebels ultimately going down 27 to 43. Uh, you know, I guess a scoreline that doesn't, you know, it feels like we always end up saying a scoreline that's not quite indicative of the game. But um, just, to, <clears throat> just to show, I guess, how so in this case, um, the Rebels came out absolutely firing and they were ahead by 12 points at halftime. It was 24 to 12. Um I think the Crusaders were just stunned um, by the by the Rebels. Is yeah. that is that what you thought? Yeah, I think the um the line D or even just yeah the the speed of the defensive line of of the Rebels and the physicality of them as well was was really just stunning the Crusaders. Obviously, the Crusaders are a class outfit. They were always going to come back firing in that second half, and, and and the Rebels really dict 
dictated the pace in that first half. And it actually, I think, left them wanting a little bit in the last 20, 30 minutes. Unfortunately, they mm. they pushed the Crusaders around the paddock and defensively were, were amazing, but they just couldn't keep it up for that 80 minutes. And if they can manage that for 80 minutes, they're going to be very tough to beat. But, um, yeah, they, they fell away. And we saw great games from Havili and Enor as well. So um, they've just got so many options. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I thought I put the Rebels in with a chance. I mean, you always kind of feel like it's the inevitable Crusaders comeback, but I thought the Rebels were in with a chance because they did the one of the most important things ever, which was holding the Crusaders out at halftime, not letting them yeah. score that ride just before halftime. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Crusaders play their best footy in the last 20 minutes of every game, and um, it was just too much for the, for the Rebels. Yep. Um, all right, and then the next game, we had the Blues and the Waratahs in Auckland. So the Rebels Crusaders was in um, in Melbourne, but this one was in Auckland. Yeah, um, I mean, the Tars decided to rest a couple of key players with their Wallabies rest week, similar to when, you know, the Brumbies went over to play the Crusaders and decided to rest all their players then. Interesting choices I understand players have to be rested at some point throughout the season. Well, actually, I don't understand that. Personally, I just play them every game. But, um, it's not that long a season, yeah, seriously. It's, there's, yeah, if you're playing in France and all these other competitions where you play heaps more games, um, you know, maybe it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, I guess... Who, yeah, now, why don't you take us through? Who are the, all the players that weren't there? So, obviously, we had Swinton with his seven-week ban. So, he was out. We had Bell, Gleeson, Hannigan, Parecki, Sinclair... Talki Pulu all out injured. And then when we throw in the resting protocols, we had Hooper, Fiketi, and Mark Nawanganitawasi, who all sat out as well. So I think we had two of our starting forwards, our, our you know, main main forwards. And there was maybe that were, were actually starting. And I think we had, um, you know, four or five of our backs. Um, plus the bench had a bunch of rookies on there as well. So that, that kind of hurt us. And the, towards the back end, the game sort of opened up more and more. We saw the introduction of one of the best nicknames in Super Rugby, Hunter the Combat Wombat Ward, which is you, you something you're going to love. Um, but, yeah, look, leading into halftime, it, it felt like it was going to break open. The Tars kept themselves in with a the sniff, 17-7, to 7, uh, just before the half. Um, and then Vailanu got his yellow card and Sullivan scored a try, then backed it up with a try just after the second half, very Kiwi of the Blues, scoring just before and after the half, and then the floodgates open. That's it. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know, you, had, you didn't go through these stats yet, did you? I mean, the Blues, ultimately, you know, the Blues ran in 822 metres to the Tars 236, you know, had almost double the tackle bus, triple the line breaks, and uh, 15 times the offloads. So <laughs> 15 to 1, yeah, far out. So, yeah, you know, when you, when you take a quick look at the stats... Uh, unlike unlike we were saying the Rebels Crusaders game that you know perhaps the the scoreline uh, didn't show the full story, it's pretty hard to go past the stats in the uh, in the Blues Tars. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. <laughs> um, <laughs> the love love moving on from that one relatively quickly. Uh, <laughs> the next one was the Force versus the Highlanders, and the Force got the job done for all us Aussies, whether you're a Force fan or not. I think every Aussie probably is a Force fan, but. Whether you're, they're your first team or not, they got the job done 30 to 17 against the Highlanders. That's one in a row, mate. That's one in a row for the Aussies. I posted up on Twitter, is there panic stations yet? And there was quite a few concerned Kiwis that maybe, already, maybe it is. Um, and, I mean, it, it could grow from there. The, the Brumbies are up next, the next Aussie side, mate. And then 
who knows the Highlanders are versing another Aussie side. So that that's we could Mate, we could see more than one in a row. As a country, you're only as good as your last match. And look, we don't look at the other three matches on the weekend. The last match, an Australian team won. Um, Harry and myself have often been called uh, have, uh, as discriminatory against the force, but uh, mate, I don't think there would have been anyone yelling louder than you two um, watching that game. I think we're all, particularly after that Rebels performance, we're mm-hmm. all thinking, come on, can the boys get it done and, um, and bring it home? You, you, you did kind of feel this sense of inevitability. Like I kind of felt like the Highlanders are going to find a way back somehow in this last 20 to 30 minutes, but credit to the force, did a really good job. Uh, I, the thing, funny thing about the force and the Rebels have shown us glimpses that they can cause some upsets. Backing this up and managing to do this regularly is, is a very different story. Um, Ellen watched a few of the games this weekend, my wife, and she was saying the Rebels are her second favourite team and she was she was pretty furious at the, the score at the back end of it because she thought they deserved more. And then she got behind the force here as well and, and she she was someone cheering for, for Pullman as well. He got a good little offload setting up a try and um, it's just it's a peaceful thing not having Harry abusing players on this pod. <laughs> I was thinking about bringing Ellen in just for some positivity, but now nah, look, this this was great um, for the Force. The the Highlanders lineout were struggling, winning two of their own uh, seven. Macaleo, other than that, was was quite good in this outing, but their lineout that's a worry. That lock partnership for them, I think, is a big concern. Obviously, Dixon not there, um, and, and Smith not there, and, and a few other people, but. I mean, this is, this is not great for the Highlanders. They, they, they've got a win against, was it the Rebels maybe, and then um, Moana and Fijian Drua. Um, but if they go down against the Waratahs, um, hopefully with the, with some reinforcements next week, this is this is really concerning for them. But great, great for the Force. Absolutely, and I think it's it's um, you know it's particularly difficult because it, it's not like you can't you can't say the Highlanders don't have the cattle. Like, they had a lot of their good players out there. Frizzell, Moreno, Michele, too, both out there. Um, Degroot, Macaleo, Ainsley. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pari Pari Parkinson. Harmon's a very good player. Umonga mm. Jensen. Like, they, they have some talent there. 100%. So, mate, if Ellen's watching all this footy as well, given that Harry's on the bottom of the fantasy table, we might have to re- mm. you know, just bring her in as a replacement. Um, she could so, definitely do better. Put it out sure. there. Except we can't have her on the pod if she's going to be wearing a South jersey. But um, that's all right. Yeah. You need a random um, South jersey, don't you? <laughs> no, you never need a random South jersey in a draft rugby show. But um, all right, let's push on to the fantasy stats for the round. Um, fantasy man of the week, Caleb Clark, 118 points. He just busted through the entire Tars team, sadly. But um, he he had a try for four, one try, 14 runs for 192 meters, six tackle busts, seven line breaks, four offloads, one turnover, five of five tackles. Just got the job done. Not great reading for a Waratahs fan or Waratahs B fan last week. Um, Notable mentions, David Harvili, 95 points. Samasoni Takiaho with 87 points. David Rona, as we touched on, impressing with 68 points. And Ricky Riccatelli with 67 points. True. Close on that one. Daniel Rona was close. Uh, David Rona. He said David. I know you're just thinking about me, mate. That's all good. I had no at least I didn't say Carp Rona, so it could have been worth Very good. Um, super sub, Zahn Sullivan, you touched on it. He scored a try before uh, and after half time. 66 points coming off the bench. Um, Stephen Parafranchise came off a little early in, in that one with a bit of a shoulder niggle. Um, yeah, he got 12 carries, two tries, 71 metres, four tackle busts, three offloads. 
the 100 tackles from one of one did a good job and Big. uh and bringing it home we had captain mud for the round uh parry parry parkinson minus seven points so he, he played for 43 minutes had one run for essentially no meters uh four tackles and one yellow card so that's um, the most the most yeah. concerning stat of that razan sullivan played 51 minutes and had a tackle once against the waratahs <laughs> yeah true <laughs> That's um, Look, we're kicking off main course into round 10. No more buys, mate. Lots more footy. Uh, excited to, to be back into the full swing of things and, and through this period of lesser rugby. Um, I had to go watch and actually play some rugby last weekend just to get my feel. Um, so that, that was good. So I think next week you can come play as well if you, if you want to have a run around for bar. Absolutely not, but I was, I was going to say, where do you play for, for Barrett, right? Okay, very good. Did yeah, you, uh, mate, it's, it's what, basically you, our, our seconds team. It was, it was, was, fun. It, was it your usual stitch-up where you go, uh, they go, yeah, yeah, you know, you'll just come off the bench for the last five and then they, they put you on about five minutes into the first half? Is that what happened? <laughs> no, this, this time I, um, I turned up with 20 left and yeah. uh, I didn't have boots and someone ran off off the field mid-play to give me their boots. So I didn't get a chance to warm up, but it was still good. Um, first game for this one was uh, for, for this week on Friday is the Hurricanes versus the Brumbies, both returning from the bye. So we have no new injuries. Um, players that we might see return, Lenny Ikatao from his concussion, Corey Tool from his concussion. We, we can only assume, I, I don't think I've seen anything there, Darcy Swain and Blake Shup, uh, Shoppy all from their... Um, concussions. That's a lot of concussions for the Brumbies. Hopefully, they've all gone to plan and they're all back. Yeah, you think so? And it's been they've had their week off. I mean, Corey Tool was sent into another universe by Angus. Uh, was it Angus Blythe yet? But um, surely he's back. So, um, and you think he'd be back starting? But he's had um, two weeks. So yeah. So this is a this is a big one. Second place Brumbies up against the fourth place <clears> Canes. <throat> um, the Canes haven't actually beaten the Brumbies since March 2019, uh, with the Brumbies yeah. winning four of the last five. So. When we can find some stats that favour the Aussie sides, we will throw them at you. Um, Mate, I am. Um, that's that was all me. I was sitting there going, "I'm going to milk these because how often do you hear you know something going the other direction?" And of course, four of the last five. I didn't say four of the last six because <laughs> that sounds less good. <laughs> so I made sure I could could get the best for us. But yeah, look, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting one. The the Canes, you know, off the back of uh, a top of the table clash, are now fighting to stay in the, the top four and, and hopefully have a home um, a home quarterfinal. So this is a big one for them coming up against one of the top teams. If they get the win, it's going to usurp themselves back up into that top couple and, and really solidify where they are. But they could fall out of it as well. So it's going to be a big game for them. There's a few question marks for me. Mm. Mate, this this is all you. Do you give Naholo another crack? Because... Sevilla, mate, he like he he didn't have a bad outing last time, and he's he's found a little bit of form. But surely it's time to get Nahola back on. This is where I find myself so torn because I just still have so much love for the bus. Uh, yeah. But when you when you bring in a second Nahola, and purely based off those two games that he played, God, he looked way more exciting. <clears throat> so I mean, if I'm selecting, I'm I'm running Nahola out there. Sevilla on your bench, he can come in and cover. Centers. I, I think the real problem they have is they just have too many good players. Um, like. We've always talked about their struggles with centres. Um, you know, they have too many centers, outside centres and the, the likes of Balen Sullivan kind of falls onto the bench because he's the ultimate benchy. He can play wing, inside, outside, centre, whatever. 
But um, so that kind of makes it hard to put Julian Sevilla on the bench. But um, oh, look, I think based off those two performances, Keeney and Holo's got to be your starting right winger. Yeah, on, on that as well, you were touching on um, Balen Sullivan. That brings us to that 13 jersey. Do you think, I mean, the last few matchups we've had Sullivan have a crack, we've had Pitter among a Jensen now come in and have a crack. Um, and I think Proctor had a little bit of a break through that, that period. Do we see Proctor come back in? Because despite the thought that we all said, you know, we, we want one of those other two guys there, Proctor has been just setting it alight this year. That's, that's the difficulty, isn't it? Billy Proctor has been the best uh, 13 for the Hurricanes this year. Um, I mean, I think we've talked about this to death. For mine, it's very simple. I would, I, I, Jordy Barrett, yes, he wants to be the All Blacks 12, but I'd play him at 15 and I'd play two of the other three amazing centres they have in the centres. I'd, I'd put Peter Yamunga Jensen at 12 and then one of the other two guys at 13. But um, it's really going to be a toss of the dice. It just, I, you know, from all reports, they're all fit and raring to go. <clears> so if, if you're picking based on form this year, then it's Billy Proctor goes straight back into that 13 jersey. And um, and that's a toss of the it's who gets on the bench, Peter PUJ or Balen Sullivan, and like we said, Sullivan just oh, has more to offer, I guess. Um, yeah. So you kind of feel like that's how that's going to go. Uh, onto the back row, onto your your specialty, mate. How do you see that shaping up? Is it is it the obvious pairing? We think here. Uh, look for me, it's the obvious. It's the obvious pair. Kariffi's uh, form is pushing him into that. Uh, starting sevens jersey and, and yes he's been given the starting jersey for the last sort of couple of years but we have voiced our want to see a few of the other guys on there and maybe to, to shift Sevilla into it, that, that jersey but Griffey is in career career best form so I'd, I'd be putting him in seven Flanders showed us what he can do Flanders uh, in his last outing um, and it was it was very, very good. He is a big body and he is a very good player. And and obviously, Artie Sevilla, one of the best players in the world, is is the man to round it out. So I'd go Flanders, Cariffi, Sevilla. Um, yes, you've got some other game-breaker players there, Yelsey being one of them, but I think they've got to you know earn it from the bench. And, yes, of course, if it was up to me, Peter Lackey would feature in there, but um, it's not. So, um, no, I agree with you. I think that's the three we'll see rolled out for this one because um, I expect that they'll be rolling out their best team. They really want to vastly feature their targeting. Um, Cam Roygaard just continues to be almost the fantasy find of the, the – not just the fantasy, sorry, probably the find of Super Rugby Pacific so far. Uh, I mean, you know, we said last time they were talking about him in the, he's in the AB's picture um, and, and whatnot. So, and he deserves to be, mate. Um, so we'll see him. We'll see Morgan, I guess, because uh, Cameron's out for the rest of the season. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the team kind of picks itself, really. They seem to keep rotating a from Moore and Dane Coles, so we'll see how that goes. But Lomax, Numia seem to be <clears> your, your, your top-ranked props uh, and in at lock. I'm not sure. I feel like we haven't seen Isaiah Walker-Lee for a couple of weeks. Uh, I think he had a bit of a niggle, but um, they've got, obviously, him, Don Bird, Black, Blackwell's your stalwart in there. So I guess a combo of, of those three locks will be in there. So... Um, yeah, they've been using a bit of TK Howden and stuff there, I think, as well. But, yeah, look, I, I think Morgan, he just needs to get himself uh, involved, taking the ball to the line a little bit more, has shown that he's good. But I think Cameron has directed them around a little bit better. So that, that partnership there is, is going to be an important thing for them in this matchup. Coming up against the Brumbies, mate. Like, well, I was going to say, just before we, get, before we get to the Brums, I agree. I think I was going to say <clears> what I think the Hurricanes will want to do is um, definitely a focus will be the battle of the breakdown, but I think it'll just be 
getting the ball to your wingers. You you want your Rayasi and your Keeney Naholo up against if it's Tool and Muirhead. I know who I'm backing in that. That's where that's where I see the opportunities. So um, that's how I expect the, the Hurricanes to play. But you're right. Let's get into the Brums. Um, I mean, it's no secret they're tight five, mate. They will be going hard at the the rolling mall and at set pace. And uh, you have to think you have to think they'll have the goods um, when it comes to the, the battle up front. Yeah, I think you see the return of and Frost and Neville back into the locks for them after having Swain and, and Thompson really you know, fill those that role, I think, in their last matchup. Mm. Um, and then you throw in Slipper, Lonigan, Alatawa, and that is a formidable, you know, pretty much Wallabies type five. Um, yeah. And, I mean, we could see that type five pretty much run out for the Wallabies. So yeah. that that's a cohesive... Really, really strong unit. And then you throw on top of that Bobby Valentini, Pete Samu. They're also in the Wallabies picture. And yeah. and, Rory, and probably Rory Scott in there as your seven. So yeah, it's a it's gonna be an absolute great battle up front. But um you have I have to you have to think that the Brumbies have yeah, in, in the when it comes to the set piece, <clears> the Brumbies are, are gonna win that battle and they're gonna really look to push that. So um it'll be it'll be a question of can the Hurricanes defend the rolling mall? Um I don't think they can. So it'll be about I guess maintaining discipline and trying to minim- minimize cards um, so they can play as much of the game as possible with the 15 players on the field. Um, and then just, I guess for them, it'll be about playing playing in the right half of the field, really, for the Hurricanes. But yeah, likewise for the Brumbies, it'll just be territory, set piece, apply lots of pressure at the breakdown, probably slow the game down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I think, um, slow the game down and, and they really need to step up and D, especially the back row against the likes of Sevilla and Karifi in his current form. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let them get quick ball. Rory Gard is dangerous around that breakdown. They've got some big ball runners. They've got some dangerous, dangerous wingers. So this is where we see, you know, potentially the likes of Rory Scott um, show his value in this squad uh, as an open side flanker because he he can do that graft, you know, hard graft work and slowing the ball down. And, and it's not as flashy sometimes as some things we see from the other open side flankers like McWright. Um, but he works very, very hard in the breakdown and, and it's a big, big role for him this week. Absolutely. Um, I think yeah, the only question we alluded to was uh, Corey Toole or Ben O'Donnell. Um, Corey Toole, obviously, has been one of the form, you know, he's been in absolute incredible form on that wing for the Brumbies. He's been one of the great finds of Super Rugby Pacific 23, but um, Ben O'Donnell, God, no slouch. He had his first start last uh, in the last game, bagged himself three tries. Um, so no, I, it's, I, um, I think it's as simple as if it were me, Ben O'Donnell was too good to drop. He gets the starting jersey. Are, are you are you going to agree with me? And, and then we drop Andy Muirhead, and you put both Ben O'Donnell and Corey Tool on the wing? That... <laughs> no, my Muirhead's been good. Um, but, yeah, look, that's, that's a tough one. But, look, we can talk about hopefully another Aussie win all day. Tips, Where, tips on this one? How, yeah, I was going to say, how do you see this one going? Okay, I'll go first. Then. Um, I see... I was just looking. This game is in Wellington. Um, look, I see the Brums winning this one. I'm going to back. I'm going to go the Aussie positivity. I feel like if I'd picked the Canes, you would have gone the Brums. Um, so I'm going to say Brumbies, uh, not by much. I'm going to say... I'm going to go over a low one for me. I'm going to go by six. Yeah, look, I, I'm I'm pretty on, on par with you here. I think the Brumbies have got hopefully too much class... Uh, for this one, I'm going to do the Brumbies to to scrape in and probably win by three. Interesting, the line currently is the Hurricanes minus eight point five. 
we're not a betting app. We don't advocate betting, but that's a good one to jump on. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know if Harry knew your force bets ended up um, doing all right, but I, I can't remember exactly what ridiculous bets you took on. It wasn't just a win. It was. I don't know some type of line or something, but and I had I had scorecasts and all this stuff going on betting betting on the force. So I think a couple came off, nothing too big. Very good. All right, well let's push on to the second game of the round: the Waratahs and the Highlanders. Obviously, the Tars going to bounce back, absolutely smash the Highlanders. It's a Friday night game in um, Sydney, so we'll all be there. Mm-hmm. Nelson will be at least seventeen beers deep before kickoff in his uh, VIP suite. Um, new injuries to report on this one. We've got Tom Lambert did his knee and HJH had a concussion. So we'll see how he goes with his return to play protocol. Highlanders, no new injuries to report from that force game last week. Um, returning the entire, entirety, entirety, the entire Waratahs team returning. Um, Michael Hooper, Wallabies rest. Lalakai Fiketti and Mark Nawanganitawase, all from Wallabies rest. Langy Gleeson from a calf, although they have said every week for the last three weeks that he'd be coming back um, from his calf niggle. So it must be really tender calf. Um, Archer Holtz from a rib injury. Uh, Tian Chukapulu, definitely. Chukapulu. Yeah, thank you. Uh, knee. Ned Flanagan from concussion, Parecki concussion, and Hugh Sinclair is a possibility to come back from a shoulder. Mate, oh, can I just... Straight off the bat, name my lineup. Faulkner, Parecki, HJH, Holloway, Hannigan, Seal, Hooper, Gleason, uh, Gordon Donaldson in the centres, Fakedi Parisi, Peach Nawanganiawasi in the Jorgensen at fullback. Mate, that is a completely different team to last week, and that is a lot more threatening. It is. Then I like the sounds of it. Um, and you got Chuck Holtz on the bench mm. as well. That's threatening. Yeah. Um, We've got a gamble. He might find himself with a start if if Hannigan could end up being on the bench as utility. Chuck Seo in the locks mm. bring um, gamble into that starting lineup as well off the bench last week. I love that you could you, you, whatever your lineups are include CU starting. That's a it's a big win for me. Uh, big fan of that. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think that is a much better looking side. Um, and yeah, look, just again, let's look at some stats to really boost up our confidence here of the Tars. Last year, or the Tars won this matchup last year, uh, 32 to 20. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's just, I think they're looking for a bigger win this this week round, uh, this, this in round uh, 10. Um, and they're, and both teams, yeah, really are desperate for a win, a <clears throat> chance of a top eight finish alive. But, um, yeah, so as I think as you alluded to earlier, this is really probably the most crucial game of the season for both of these teams, really. It's going to be the defining game. It's, it's a funny one. Like the, the Tars we talked about um, needing to kickstart their season and, and that I think the, the force, you know, comprehensive win felt like that. And then after the injuries and the resting protocols, it felt like that disappeared against the Blues. A close match could have kept that feeling alive. But this is a another start for the, the Tars where they really need to pull something out here. They then go on the trot against the Reds in Queensland, Fiji and Drua before they've got the Crusaders and then Moana Pacifica. So if they get a win here, you know, they could get three or four wins before the end of the year um, and it could really push them up that ladder um, or, or things could just keep spiralling for them. I think something they lacked last week was a bit of oomph, mate, a bit of oomph, a bit of spark and attack, something to spur them on. And I think for Keddy and Nwanganitawasi are two big men for for them to, to get that, that rolling over this week. 
two blokes that provide plenty of uh, of impetus. I agree. Uh, plenty of spark. Um, did you did you say in your lineup? Sorry, because again, I somehow tuned out a little bit. Did you have Gleason starting at eight? Yeah, man, you did. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm just pumped <clears throat> to see Gleason back. Um, I think it, it feels like it's now been enough weeks that you've almost forgotten about how good he was. You know, three or four weeks ago, but. Mate, he was one of the best players in Super Rugby in those two weeks he was playing. That um, I, I still just can't get over the game at Super Round when I was down there in Melbourne watching him play against the Drua in an incredibly physical battle. Um, he was the only tar absolutely smashing everyone, and uh, I was frothing on it all day. I was there for it. So, <laughs> mate, we, we you know we love him, and he brings the aggression without the red cards yeah. or the pro- pro- potential red cards that Swinton does. That's it. Um, I, I think something for the tars here is also something that's pivotal for them is Ben Donaldson. Dono, if he can find some form because he's been struggling of late, but. The the thought process and the talk was that he'd been shifted fullback. He hadn't had consistent game time at 10. And now he's getting it. Um, Edmund's still out. So he's getting that run at, at 10, and he really needs to take this chance. He's, mm. in my book, clearly fallen down the ladder in the Wallaby squad. From being close to being in the, the World Cup squad, I'd be picking Gordon over him every day of the week. I'd be concerned with other young players coming in as well. So he needs to find some form and... Yeah, I think what he needs to do is actually attack the line. You know, it build build a bit of confidence, ball in hand, because it's something we've seen him do: play flat, attack the line. Mm-hmm. With Hunt coming up against him, Hunt's not a big body, and Hunt is not necessarily a physical defender. He's not a bad defender, but he's not a physical defender. Mm-hmm. So, you know, target him a little bit. Stay away from Thomas Hilmunger Jensen. You don't want to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Hard, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he's running out, you just kick it. Just yeah. kick it or throw it to Noong and Itawasi. Um I agree with you. I think we, we want to see some of that attacking flair. We, we, we've seen it in patches from Dono, but it's been a while. So um, I think this is, a, this is a great game for him to, to really have a crack. Yeah, he, he's definitely going to find some mm-hmm. form. And on the Highlanders' front, Paul Cully on Twitter has stated that Smith, Fakatava, Nareki are all joining the team in Sydney. Yes, mate, Nareki is finding his way over to Sydney. Um, with the next game back at Forsyth Bar Stadium, mate, surely we see Nareki in some capacity if he's coming over. That's huge because I actually had thought that they had said, um, you know, they'd said maybe around 11. I thought they'd said he won't even be in for around 11. I thought we were looking around 12. No, they, the, the last I heard was maybe for around 11. And then they mm. saw themselves play last week and they said, fuck it, get that man on the field. Yeah, well, he's someone that people may have forgotten. It's been that long since we've seen Ooh. him play. Uh, it was probably two years ago, but wow, he's absolute lightning. So, um and they are in desperate need of just an absolute standout outside back. No, I don't want to shit on the current Highlanders outside backs. You know, Gilbert's <laughs> been very good. But, I mean, Nareki's just your, your first pick <clears throat> on that team all day. So that will be huge. Um, and yeah, they he is a dangerous man. So my fantasy yeah. side, I, I want him to start. But in uh, as a Waratahs fan, I want him to bench or not play. <laughs> but, yeah, look, the, the Highlanders, they need to change something. They've been struggling. Nareki could be something to spark that change. Um, but one of the big things for them is they just give away silly penalties, mate. Like last week, I don't know if I, I saw – I did see the stat. It was some ridiculous amount of uh, ones in the first half. Frustrating to see. Um, so they, they need to tidy that up for sure. That's it. And I think one way they'll do that is they were really missing um, Aaron Smith. So you expect, obviously, Fakatava and Aaron Smith but back there. You expect mm. run out Smith to start and just 
just to calm everyone down and make good decisions. Uh, I think they really kind of missed that leadership um, from him. So uh, that's certainly one thing they're going to do. Um, and you're right, I guess around the set piece, their scrum will be very good. Uh, the line-out, like you said, line-out was, was awful against the force, um, despite having, you know, they've got the cattle there. So if Dixon's back, but they've got Parry Parry Dixon. Even well, Fabian Holland was massive. I, I didn't realise how big he is when he was <clears> last week. Look, I'm, I'm not sure if Dixon's back or not. Um, look, I think it was family bereavement. Obviously, he's... Um, brother is it um that's mm. that's unwell with cancer I, don't, I i feel like that's what it was um so yeah look he needs his time he deserves his time and if, if he's stayed in in new zealand that's that's fair enough but he is an important cog of that forward pack and that line out mm. holland as well those two guys are good line out jumpers dixon's the director there so if, if you were to bring those two in i, I think that's a big change for them Absolutely. I think the, apart from, you know, the battle up front and, and the set piece and discipline, as we talked about, I think the, the real battle in this game, the, the game breakers for me, if you will, will be Thomas Amunga Jensen, Tudge, who's just been absolutely crushing it. So it's how, how, how can he play and how can the Tars contain him? And similarly, someone we've finally seen come back in the last two weeks, Izzy Parisi is, was absolutely lighting yes. up the last two weeks. He had a very, very quiet start of the <clears> season, <throat> we think, coming back. Maybe a little bit worried from his knee injury, but man, is he back? So uh, I'm really looking forward to see the like. They're, whilst it's 12 and 13, they're not directly lined up against each other. I'm looking forward to see both of those impact players um, and how they love work. it. So, mate, I'll um, I'll go out on the limb for the tip here, mate. We're going to see three well, three Aussie wins in a row. Fuck yeah, this is this is in Australia. So uh, look, I. I only say this because it's against the Highlanders. Sorry, <laughs> Highlanders. Um, but they're just not informed. Tars are not informed. But that was much there's, – there's much more positives coming in probably in, in terms of numbers for the, the Tars, I'd, I'd say, this week uh, in their homes as well, you know, comfortable in their own beds. I, I think it'll be enough for the Tars uh, in their very cool Indigenous jersey. I don't know if you've bought it, if you care about Australia – um our natives and you know the waratahs but me and harry both bought one um so i'm gonna say the tars are gonna win this and i'm gonna say they're gonna win it in the out 10 points nice well um i am certainly also going <laughs> to back the tars um and i now wish that um i could undo my previous tip and go back and tip the canes because i can't just be tipping the aussie all the other teams but um yeah. <laughs> um no i'm gonna tip the tars and yeah i look i reckon we'll get it done um you've said by 10 i can't believe i'm going a low lie i'll I'll just go nine, so I'll just take zero to nine there. I'll give you the rest of it. Mate, there is no outliers when there's two people. First game on Saturday is the Ndrua versus the Blues in Fiji. No new injuries for the Ndrua. We have Perifeta with a shoulder injury, Nepo Lala with a calf on the returns column. No returns from the Ndrua. Um, Lamani has a knee bruise. Yeah, yeah, no, there is. Possible returns. Lamani might be back, and the White Shark might be back from. Um, might be back. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, and then we've got Dalton Papali'i from the Blues from his rib injury. Was it rib or rib slash All Blacks rest? Is kind of, I don't know. Maybe it was, it was from the rib. Um, this one. Look, we can talk about your <coughs> draw player um, all all week if you want. Yosefa Marcy. Uh, mate, he is a weapon, and when they don't play him, they lose by 30, 40 points. So 
stardom for the rest of the year, please. Proofs in the pudding. Um, no, I agree. Look, we when we talk about the Drua, yeah, some of the most exciting players are the centres. So they've got, um, obviously, Calavetti, Ravalvao, and Masi, and Vota. Uh, last week we saw, I think starting was Vota in at 12, and Michael Naitokani. Um, who bagged himself a try. Yeah, who, who was great, actually, in his first start. Um, so... But look, I think we definitely want to see Revovo in at 12. Um, and then I think you've said Marcy's definitely played his best footy in at 13 instead of on the wing. Um, but we definitely. want to see we want to see them around, certainly on the field, uh, ideally starting. And that will make a big difference. Um, I guess the lineup at 13 is a big one because that's you're going up against Rico Iwani. So that's going to be a very important, um, important position on the field. Um, what do we? I mean, the Drua last week, uh, obviously beaten quite comprehensively by the Chiefs, um, played some great footy, but just didn't didn't stay in the game. Um, how do they? I don't know. Like, how do how do they? What do they change against the Blues? Because it's going to be, whilst the Blues aren't as much of like an attacking minded all out team as the Chiefs, they can <clears> be <throat> if the game goes that way. And so, I guess, what do the what do the Drua need to do differently against the Blues? Look, I think the balance of their back row is important. Um, Thanakai Vata, when he's played, I, I think he does fill a, a role of maybe a six or eight more so than seven. Um, Mira Mira Salawa are two men that can fill that seven jersey definitely, uh, I think, better. Salawa, I mean, he's he's a brilliant player. He, he's got to be starting that seven jersey. I'd find a way potentially to get Mira Mira on. Uh, Thruki and Veta isn't offering enough. If Darana Lange's there, that's, you know, that's it for me. It's probably Salawa, Miramira, Darana Lange. If not, it's Tanakai Vata at eight. And I think you've got punch. I think you've got ability to steal the ball, slow down the ball. Um, and it's it's a dangerous back row. Mm. Um, I don't think the balance was right with some players missing last week for them. I agree. I think Salawa out was a huge one. Um, I'm not sure if he was just out-rested, but he's clearly been... Well, he's their form back rower for sure. Just gets into absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mira Mira was really impressive that week. But um, yeah, Kanakavata has been really good in the in the couple of starts he's gotten now. Um, but uh, and I think yeah, you definitely you want Darren Alangi, your captain, um, in there if he's fit. Um, you also got Joe Damani. So uh, do do you chuck him in lock or do you chuck him in six? Oh, Joe Tamani. Joe is over Tamani. Um, yeah. Sorry, I forget, we've, I forgot about him. Wow, he's been awesome at six. I don't think I don't think they've ever played him at lock, um, unless it's unless it's been like they've lost enough players through injury. But um, mm. yeah, uh, I mean, you'd say earlier on in the year, this, the form form back rowers would be Tamani at six, Salawa at seven, and then you know Darren Alangi or Kanakavada at eight. Miriam um, on the bench. Yeah, Miriam on the bench. So, yes, a little one, one of a combo of them, but I think you can say for sure Salawa's starting. If Darren Alang is fit, he's starting. And then it's, you know, choose your, your six, I guess, choose your weapon there. But um, look, I agree. These guys really need to work hard at the breakdown and their carries and they kind of pop up all over the field. But for mine, the thing that if the Drew are going to be any shot in this game, they've got to improve is it's their set pace. And first and foremost, it's, it's the swim. When I say the set pace, their line out is actually being very, very good. They scored quite a few points um, off lineouts, um, and they just kind of like they have so many people that can jump, um, and they're all very athletic. So they've been great in the lineout, but the scrum has just been getting absolutely destroyed. Um, and I think part of this is because they keep chopping <clears throat> and changing their front row all the time. 
Obviously, Tavita Ikenaveri, um, their hooker, has been starting consistently and one of their best players, but they just chop and change the props out all the time. I think. Can I, can I throw a spanner in the works there? They won nine from 10 of their scrums against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs won six from nine. But for some reason, even if they're getting the ball out, they never. Right. Sorry? Is that, I feel like that can't be right, really. It's, I mean, I'm, I'll back the stats, mate. Um, but they, they definitely, they certainly never feel safe and strong in in the the scrum mm. um and and they rightfully at, at times take you know quick taps do things like that rather than back the scrum or, or back their set piece um then it's not used as as a tool for them i don't think was it the week before then that they just got absolutely destroyed I, I, it's definitely it's they've definitely struggled uh, they've mm. definitely struggled throughout the year so you, you're not wrong but mm. um i've shown glimpses but yeah it's it's okay. not no, not because yeah, I don't know why. I just thought they were getting ripped apart by the Chiefs. But yeah, yeah. Mate, nine for nine, <laughs> nine for nine against the Brumbies. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe we aren't seeing right, it. But just stop there with the stats now. Don't make me look worse. Um, but uh, all right, no, let's yeah. check the Rebels. Let's check the Rebels. This is just to see what we think. <laughs> You're loving you, it. Going on uh, fourteen from fifteen. Um, let's just keep keep scrolling. Hear me out. Hear me out. We're going back to the Highlanders. So this is a while back. This is a month ago, mate. They're eight from nine. Yeah, against the Reds. Um, <laughs> we'll find one here that backs you. Seven from seven against the Reds. Um, geez, they've probably been the best scrumming team. The Drua actually has the best scrum in the competition, and um, I can just go um, fuck myself. Actually, so, um, yeah, it's definitely well, not a. It's not been a. It's not been a force though. If they're getting the ball, that's good. But it's not. They're not utilizing it as a tool to to you know set set themselves for points. They're just yeah. What about the lineouts then? Am I getting confused with the Moana? Because I know Moana's lineouts are in. Uh, they like are awesome. They're they're one of the best form teams with lineouts, and they score quite a lot of their tries off lineouts. Um, is the how's the Drew performing in their lineouts? I think the Drew have been. Decent, but maybe not as good as their scrums. Um, but no, they've been they've been pretty good at the lineouts as well. Um, I'm clutching here. I'm clutching. But no, okay, let's let's move on. Um, let's talk about the Blues. You know what I mean? So I mean, the Drua. I think we've said what what do they need to do differently? It's um, you know I've said set pace. I've been clearly wrong, but it's it's always discipline. Discipline's a big one, and yeah. staying in at the end. Yeah. Um, so I think we've said you know we know what the the pack lineup will be. We're saying with the outside backs. Um, you know, ideally, you want to get Revovo and Marcy on there. Um, Ravitamunda is definitely getting picked. And then it's really, you know, there's Aroni Sal, Troa Sessi, uh, Samusama Vodre, kind of just any of those. I, I prefer to see Marcy either in its centre or on the bench. You know, I, I don't don't think he's been great on the wing. Um, in its centre, that's where you prefer to see him. There's no other options. Um, for the Blues, your pair of franchise is out, mate. You'll like to hear it. Zahn Sullivan. A good choice to come in at fullback for them. He's had some great cameos and was on fire off the bench last week. He's going three tries actually in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to their full, scary, full strength back row with Akira maybe back. Kagi, we don't know if he's good enough. I know you think he is. Uh, Papa Lee and Satutu. What do you think about that? Akira's starting, mate. He's the best back row <laughs> in this competition. Uh, Akira, Papa Lee, and Satutu, I mean, I, I don't know of a scarier back row than that. Um, so that's awesome. Um, and yeah, it'll be a big job for the. We were talking up the Drua back rowers, but it'll be a big job for them to really try and disrupt that breakdown. 
Um, yeah, I guess other things about the that they've got, obviously, uh, Patrick Tuipolotu and Sam Darry has been really, really good, I think, since coming back from injury uh, for the Blues. Um, and up front, you know, they've always just had this, I don't know, plethora of <laughs> amazing props to pick from. So even if Lala's out, um, they've still got, you know, Tuanga Farsi, uh, both the Lay brothers. Um, I don't know. I forget who else. Like, Hodgman's been out. Renata's been out. Um and Ricky Riccatelli's been awesome in at hooker, usurping Kurt Eklund this year. Um, That's phenomenal. Yeah, he backed himself another two tries, I think, last week. But, yeah, so very strong pack from the Blues. Um, and I guess, I mean, the back line, the back line of the Blues is always incredibly strong. We had the fantasy man of the Brown last week, Caleb Clark, absolutely tearing everyone up. Um, Plummer and Rico in the, in the centres. I think Plummer's been really, really good. Um I don't know if we I don't know if we see RTS come in and play again, Nels. Um the way Yeah. Come. Look, uh, he's got to find him his way back into the squad, probably off the bench. Uh, in my opinion. Plummer's been very good. If you cover him, you've got him there, you've got Bowden Barrett, you can shift to fullback, you can have Plummer shift into ten. You know, so you've got the ability maybe to cut hold a Roger Tuabasa Shack on the bench in, in place of maybe a Bryce Heem and then have to work his way back into the start. Um, but yeah, look, the the Blues will want to play a territory game here. They they won't want to keep the ball in field when they're kicking the ball. You don't want to do that against the Fijians. Um, but this is going to be a, a cracking game. Both teams wanting to throw the ball around. How do you see this one playing out? Yep, I see the Blues winning this one, and I'm going to say <laughs> by I'm going to say ultimately comfortably. Um, I'm going to go by 18. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite comfortable as well. Um, I'm going to go the low-lying outlier and go 17. Nice. Very good. you got one back on me. Um, all right, the next game, we've got uh, Moana Pacifica and the Rebels. So no new injuries to report. Moana coming off the bye. The Rebels only won with Stacey Ely going off quite early with concussion last week. Uh, returning nothing from no, nothing from no new players from either team um, unless Stacey Ely comes back from concussion, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Moana coming off the bye. Uh, look, they, they look like they really were starting to get a bit of a, you know, roll on a bit of momentum with, um, particularly with the likes of Levi Aomua and Tava Tava Nawai, who just are the most destructive players and, and the most valuable players in Super Rugby Pacific in 2023, but them just really combining really, really well. So my question is really just, um, you know, they, they look to, I said earlier that the Moana has a very <clears throat> line out and they attack, they score most of their points off um, off a line out and chucking it into the backs, really just giving it to Tava Tava Nawai or Almua to truck it up. Um, I mean, how do the Rebels stop that? I don't know how you get a handle on these guys. Like, what do oh, you look, it, It's pretty tough. I, I think maybe we saw last week what the Rebels are going to try to do this week. Whether they can do it week after week is a different story. But that immense line speed they had in D, um, the whole side really stepped up their physicality. Um, back into the game, they started falling off those tackles. I think in this matchup, if they come out firing with that same line speed, with that same physicality, they'll be able to kind of slow down those those moments where those two players sort of build that momentum for Moana. Um, you're not going to be able to tackle them first attempt every single time, but you'll be able to slow down their, their uh, impact. And I, I think if they can manage to do that through the first half, as both teams here uh, you know, are, are known to drop off in that last 20, 
it'll get them through. So um, the, the big thing for Moana is they let a lot of tries in. They defensively, they're up there probably with the Highlanders, uh, with, with the team that lets the most tries in and maybe the Waratahs last week. But the, the big thing is, yes, the physicality needs to be there for the Rebels, but what needs to change from Moana? Because week after week, they're leaking 40, 50, 60 points, um, and, I, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. They're, they've got a big hit in them, but they don't have that consistency in, in their defensive structure. Yeah, I mean, we've said it time and time again. It's it's the last 20 as well. I think they, they had one game. It might have been against the Crusaders where it was the closest to an 80-minute performance we'd seen from them. Um, but their story of the season has been that last 20. Um, yeah, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head with the, with the physicality battle. The, the Rebels, particularly playing at home in Mount Smart Stadium, um, if the Moana get kind of a roll on, get some momentum, get their tails up, um, which just comes from winning a few big hits, getting the full stadium around them with the kills, you know, um, <laughs> like they'll get a, they'll, it'd be really hard to kind of stop them. So um, if, if the Rebels have ever needed to really bring that line game of physicality from the start, it'll be in this one. Um, I agree. I just don't think, even coming off a bye, I don't see, you know, it is really going to depend who goes into halftime ahead in this game out of the two teams, but Moana will need to be ahead at halftime, I think, to, to win this game. Um, whereas, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I think if, if Moana don't have a bit of a buffer at mm-hmm. halftime, it's going to be tough. I, I think it'll be tough for them to hold it throughout the back end of this match. So that, that Rebel side last week, yes, they fell away, but they are starting to build some some real cohesion and some real heart in each other. Um, and no, I mean, they haven't had a very successful year to date, but they're, they're definitely on, on, on the up. Um, and they will be targeting this match um, and, and expect not to just run away with, with a win in this match. So I, I think they're going to want more from this. And I'm not saying they'll get it, but they'll be targeting a, a statement match here. Um, yeah. Moana, mate, it, the, their game plan is simple. Give the board the Tavatavanawai running at Monty Yuani as much as you can. Monty Yuani <laughs> looks so disinterested in defence. I, I think last week we saw him put on his first hit and you went, geez, was that Monty? Because yeah. the rest of the year, he's the guy that kind of goes and steps back a little bit in D and go, you got him. And, like, literally, I'm sure that voice goes over my head. Every single time I see him trying to make a tackle, he just goes, you got him, and he's just not interested in getting involved. Not interested in getting involved in a breakdown. Not interested in in helping a teammate out and tackle. So mm. I would just be putting the pressure on him early in the match, so that he doesn't start to get a little bit of confidence, like he did last week, and come out and put a shot on. Yeah. It won't be hard to to stop his involvement at all. Indeed, just by running over him, he will go quiet. That's it for sure. Um, not saying. I want that to happen. Moana, don't, don't listen. Uh, I, <laughs> please don't do that. The, the only thing uh, that I think will be interesting here will be, um, is Christian Liliofano back uh, to kind of just shore up the, the ship a little bit? I mean, I really love Lincoln McClutchy. Uh, I think he's a really exciting player, but I think the season, the veteran, the season head, the calm head of um, Liliofano just really adds a, a dimension that that uh, Moana team needs. Just it adds a calm, but uh Look, for the Rebels, I think the big question is if um, if Stacey Ely doesn't return from concussion, um, I just hope that they don't throw Kellaway into 13, Hodge at 12, um, which I feel like is what they, they'll want to do. 
Um, but I just think Kellaway out at fullback was has been fantastic the last uh, two weeks. Um, and I think he's much, much better there. And I'd like to see um, either, you know, Hodge in at 13 and bring in David Fellowai uh, in at 12. I thought he was awesome. Or otherwise, Lucas Ripley at 13 um, if, if there's no Stacey Ely. I just think those guys have been definitely good enough. Um, and Kellaway is by far their best choice at 15. Uh, is that how and, you um, see it going? Yeah, 99%. Um, I'm just going to say 99% because everyone says 100% and it's, it doesn't have any feeling about it. 99%, mate. I, I agree almost 100%. Um, no, look, Kellaway should be uh, at fullback. Um, to me, it's it's the way forward for them as well. They're, they're looking for a centre partner. Um, or, or some centres, because next year they're not going to have a Reese Hodge. So they need to have someone filling the centres, because if they have Hodge and Kellaway there, and next year you've got two new blokes, that's that's it, not, a, not a really good I thing. I think next, next year it'll just be Taniela Tupo or Pony. They'll chuck out in the centres, you know what I mean? That's fine. Mate, I, I don't hate it. Um, but, yeah, look, Ripley, you know, I, I, I like him. He's quite, quite a good young player. But David... Uh, the Romanian rumbler. That's really uh, why. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think that's his actual nickname, but it's just too good to, to not call him it. Yeah. Um, he's, he was good. So I, I hope we see him have a crack. Absolutely. Um, in terms of the tight five, look, I think um, both like Canem and Hosea were really, were massive last week. I thought they were both really, really good. Canem really particularly so had, had impressed me, but they got through a lot of work. Um, we're doing really well at the set piece. Um, they've, they've got plenty of good um, front rowers, you know, up, up front. So I think they'll, the Rebels should have, you know, the advantage in the set pace and everything up front. Um, it'll just be about laying a good, you know, get, getting some good front football to unleash their backs. You know, Carter Gordon has shown that he he will run the ball at the line and he's um, been making, playing some really good footy, just making good decisions um, and really with that attacking mindset. So, yeah, it'll just be about, Fronting up physically, um, winning winning that collision at the breakdown, and just really trying to go after the set piece um, and play in the right areas of the field for the Rebels. I mean, I, I think I just said all the cliches of what to do this game, but it'll just be hard. it'll literally just be don't let Moana get their tails up, and you know try to put enough pressure on them to make some stupid mistakes and and test their discipline. So that's that's what I see for the Rebels. You got any last points on the Rebs? Nah, that's it, mate. Uh, do you want me to put my tip in, or are you going to put it in first? Yeah, I'll go first on this one. Look, I see the Rebels winning back in the back in the Aussie boys. Um, yeah, I really, really want to switch my hurricane, my Hurricanes and Brumbies back now, but uh, back three Aussie teams. Um, uh, yeah, Rebels winning this one. I'm going to say by again, again. I actually feel maybe not as comfortably. I'm going to go by fourteen. Nice. I was thinking this could go the way of Moana, or the the Rebels could run away with it. Mm. Um, these two teams haven't been consistent. I think the the Rebels probably have been finding a little bit more consistency despite not getting the wins. So I'm going to do something similar. I'm going to say probably around that double-digit mark, 9, 10, 11. I'm going to say 10. 10, very good. All right, now we've got two games remaining. We've got the next one is the game of the round, the Chefs and the Crusaders. It's not, not quite the... The, well, it's not the actual top of the table clash, but as far as I'm concerned, it's the top of the table clash. Do you know what I mean? These are the best two teams in the competition. Um, I don't care what the table says. Uh, this was the game you waited for last year and the game I'm waiting for this year. So new interest report. Um, we had Cody Taylor. He was pulled pre-game last week with a family bereavement. So not. Sh- I don't know if we'll see him back or not. Um, I suspect 
you know, if it's a family break, I mean, it's always hard to know, but he'll want to be back for this game because this is, yeah, it's a big game, but it's also, it's the battle of the all-black hookers. It's Cody Taylor up against Taki Yaho. That they're probably the two best bets. So, um, otherwise, returning, we'll see uh, Sam Kane, Luke Jacobson, Brad Weber, um, them from concussions and all-black rests. Um, <clears throat> and Anton Leonard-Brown, we might see him back. I don't know. They've gone awfully quiet about ALB, but um, he's been... But he was due. I think they targeted were targeting this game for him to come back for. So we'll we'll have mm. to see what they. I'm sure they'll say something about him this week. But they've been really really quiet. And then Nelson coming back for the Crusaders. Uh, we've got Will Jordan potentially. If Harry's here, he's saying definitely returning. But yeah. we've got Will Jordan potentially uh, from his what Harry has bracketed as inner issue issues. Uh, very <laughs> very photos of him. Um, he's one that's hard to know. Um, but yeah, look, it sounds like he's he's very close. So there's a good chance we see him back this week. <clears throat> Let's start Fainga Anuku off his calf. Yeah, we will uh, see him back this week. That's for sure. We will see him back. Zaki Gallagher, hopefully from his hamstring. Ethan Blackadder and Ollie Yeager. Yeah, we're not Jack. sure about but Ethan. Sorry, I chucked them in because I was excited about them. But Blackadder and Yeager, they were they're around this week or next week. So they'd be pushing to have him in for this game for sure. But um, it, not a hundred percent on those two. Mate, here's the question for you for, I think, the most important question of the matchup. Is DMAC, is he 10? Is he 12? Because that will dictate oh. a lot of this match. I've, well, I've never seen him 12, but, uh, yeah, no. He's pretty, he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> if you're small 12, but, um, no, look, I agree. This is the biggest question for both teams uh, and, and dictates what everyone's going to do in this game. DMAC at 10 or 15. Um Look, I'd love to see him at 10. Just the battle of, of D-Mac versus Richie, I think, is such a tantalizing uh, proposition. But um, I don't know. I think for the Chiefs' best chance of winning this game, you probably want him at 15. Uh, I just think that's his better position where he offers more. It's just... Uh, and, and Bryn Gatlin, was, I thought, was pretty good last week. He's shown hints of being very good. But uh, I don't know. It's tough because... I think mm. d better at 15, offers more. But at 10, you get all of your awesome outside backs on the field. You get your Nanai Saturo, your Narawa, and Stevenson. Mm. So I'm torn. But look, I and what do I think will happen? I think, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not prepared to say what I think about because I don't, I don't know. I think it's a toss of a coin. Um, I think they'll keep it close to their hearts until the, till the weekend. I think they'll, you'll see them training it both so that uh, the media can't get, get a heads or, make heads or tails of it. Um, I know, what would you like to see, Nelson, if you if you had to pick? Mate, if, if I what would I like? If if I was choosing, I'd be starting D Mac at 10. I, I for for me, I just want him touching the ball as much as possible. And when you've got the likes of Shooter Stevenson at fullback, who is on absolute in absolute fire. Yeah. Um for, for me, I, I think that's where you get the the most dangerous Chiefs backline. Mm-hmm. Um, D-Max can play some time there. He can cover there a little bit and shift around if, if need be. But um, he is he is a very pivotal player for them, whether it's at 10 or 15, but it brings in, you know, the the power and the strength of uh, a Shooter Stevenson and gets the narrower on the field. Gatland last week was kicking the, the team around quite well. Um, whether they decide that that's a, a real positive for them against this Crusaders lineup, because it will be important playing the right in the right side of the field in this matchup. But mate, if it was my choice, just chuck D Mac and ten and get Shooter Stevenson at fifteen. 
yeah, it's hard. It's hard to go past best players on the field, isn't it? And um, T yeah. Mac against Richie, yeah. fantastic. But yeah, I think look, the the following on from that is is the centers. It's it's amazing to think with the Chiefs that they're without like their first top three centers. Really, they're out without Anton Leonard Brown, Quinn Tapia, and Nankavell seems to still be out at the moment. We're not sure what's wrong with Nankavell. It was just seemed to be a concussion. Um, but they've they've had po- Poi Hippie and Daniel Rona who've been doing a great job. And last week off the bench, Gideon Rampling came back from injury and he ran rampant. He looked massive. And I think he ended up scoring off the bench about 65 or 66 fantasy points. He was just huge. And he was uh, throwing, he was making breaks. He was bumping people off. You know, if um, if Anton Leonard Brown isn't back uh, or Nankervell, I think Rampling could be in for a start this week uh, at either 12 or 13. Um, he took Poi Hippie off at 12 last week. Uh, Poi Hippie didn't look quite 100% in that first half, looked a little uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, I think that will be that'll be big. But, um, yeah, and they're going up against Havili and Enor, who had their best games of the season last week. So, huge, huge battle. I mean, we could talk about all the head-to-head lineups, but we probably we probably don't need to. But I think those, yeah. are, those are the really big questions for this week. I think um, full strength back row, hopefully, for the Chiefs. Jacobson, Kane, and Peter Gassuakula. Personally, as a Jacobson man, uh, fantasy manager, I still want to see him at six because I want to see Peter Gass at eight, unless he's, he's on the other team against me. Um, <laughs> but he's he's a more dangerous player. Jacobson isn't in the form that I think we'd all like him to be ball in hand. Um, so I think Peter Gus is the man for the eight jersey with Jacobson shifting back to, to six. And, and then you've got Retallick and Vaiti hopefully starting the locks. We've seen Lord returning as well on the bench would be great. Yeah. Um, we, have, we have all four of the all-black locks in, starting in this game. <laughs> we have Retallick and Vaiti, Whitelock and uh, Barrett. You know, it's crazy. Insane. And then you've got uh, Koi maybe uh, there in Finau as well to cover the, the bench and locks. Um, so there's there's a lot of talent around that back five of the forwards for for the Chiefs. Absolutely. And then look, moving on to Crusaders, as we said, we'll see with Cody um, Taylor whether he's back. Otherwise, Brody McAllister did a great job last week. Um, Oli Jaeger, we might see him back. Tamani Williams, who I obviously love, he actually had one of his best games last week. Was just <clears throat> using him in the outside center channel to truck it up off lineouts and things. I love. Jeez, he looked good. He did look good, but um, but he started every game since round two and played big minutes uh, for the big man. So if Oli Jaeger's back, I'd expect we'll see um, Tommy to go back to the bench um, and things like that. So we'll see how we go with that. Um, Cullen Grace, surely straight back in to start after his bench cameo last week. He looked fantastic, bagged himself a try, looked really, really good, and that means we'll see... Probably, I would say, Christian Leo Willie into six. Um, Tom Christie, obviously, at seven, and he's been playing awesome. Um, and, if, if, of course, we, if we do see Ethan Black out of back, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him straight in there starting it uh, at six, and that would be that'd be awesome, the battle of two awesome back rows there. Uh, I, you know, I, I feel like if both teams are running out their full-strength teams, this is going to – well, it's going to be an awesome game regardless, but see how that goes. Um, and then on to the backs. Look, Fyanganuku back starting on the left wing for sure. Um I think they'll just go Havili and Enor based off last week's performances. Um, yeah. But you, know, you could see Gucci in there in the centres. And then who who starts on your right wing? You know, we I think we had Patafilo down as, as the kind of the most likely like-for-like replacement of Sevu Reese. But, um, I mean, you could have Maka Springer in there who's been playing all right. Um, or if you want to give the people what they want, 
Milani Nanai, settle down, put him on the field, please. But um, we, we love that. I don't. I don't think that's happening. Um, look, I on and recent performances, it's Springer for me over Palafilo. Um, he he's looking dangerous. Yes, look, a couple of his tries have been relatively easy gifts. Not something you want to see uh, against you. And we you had him this week, Crags against me. But um, for me, he's probably in you know, slightly uh, above Padafilo in terms of his form. Um, and, yeah, Craig, you've got someone highlighted. I do. I was just saying that the Crusaders have just, their strategy this whole season has been saving Will Jordan up the entire season, all, all nine weeks just for this game. Um, so they're ready to unleash him in the biggest game of the season. And, uh, I mean, we all know everyone is waiting to watch Will Jordan come back. He's the most exciting player probably in world rugby as far as I'm concerned. Um, so is this the round? I know Harry will be just frothing at uh, these very words, but um, I'd like to see him. I mean, they said that he was so close to starting last week. You'd have to think that they were like, no, nope, we'll target this game. And if we do, that means we'll just see Fergus Burke. Uh, thank you for your service um, back to the bench um, to provide cover for both 10 and 15. All right. This one, um, I mean, look, it's like we said, we, we've ended up kind of going to the lineups, Im- immense teams on both sides. I don't think either side has uh, anything over the other in terms of set pace or, you know, it's just going to be, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess it's about, I don't think there's any particular, it's just going to be who plays better on the side. I don't think like the Crusaders will want to play slow or the Chiefs will want to speed it up or anything. I just think it's going to be, it's just going to come to who who brings it on the night. Like, do you see any any anything that separates the teams? Not really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, they've both got depth. They're both in pretty good form. Um, both had some chopping and chopping and changing. So it, it really is. It's it's more about who's turning up. I hate to say it, and and who wants this more. Sadly, that's a dumb thing to say because it's it makes no sense. But um, the the Chiefs got a convincing win against the Crusaders earlier this year, and and surely the Crusaders are going to be angry about it. Well, that's the the only thing I, I think we can say is that um, if the Crusaders <clears> start <throat> slow like they did last week against the Rebels, uh, it it will be much harder to claw that claw back the game and win in the last twenty against the Chiefs. So. You won't want to be going into halftime 24 down to 12 like they did against the Rebels. Um, you want to be much, much more in touch because the Chiefs will be playing for the full 80 minutes as we've seen all season. So huge one for this one. Um, Nelson, I'll let you go first on the tips for this one. <laughs> Mate, this is hard. Um, this, is, this is the toughest one to pick of the week. And I, I sit there and I go, oh, there's some weaknesses in that Chiefs centre partners and things like that there, and they, they could be plugged this week. And I go, oh, there's some weaknesses in the Crusaders outside backs, and they could be fixed this week. It really depends on the lineups. Um, I am just really trying to stall um, while something comes to me. Um, look, I, I don't think we've seen enough from the Crusaders in the last month to say they've got the win. So I'm, I'm going to say that the, the Chiefs are going to get a sneaky little win here. Um, by three points. Yep, I'm actually I'm going to back you. I reckon the Chiefs are going to go ten straight. Uh, it's at home in Waikato. The cowbells will be a ringing. I, I think the Chiefs ten are going straight. To... Sorry, ten straight. They're going to get two wins this week. It wasn't it nine straight last week? This will be ten. Well, I mean, this is week ten, and they've had a bye, so probably not. No, no, I think because they won the last game the last year. Or that, oh, mate, that doesn't count. I can't remember, but um, well. 
regardless, I think they're going to win this game, and I'm going to go by. I think it'll be close as well. I'm going to go by six. So, chefs by six. Um, all right, and let's get on to the penultimate game of the round. We have the Reds versus the Force. Um, new injuries on this one. Reds uh, returning from a bye, so no new injuries. The Force. Ollie Callen uh, did his neck and was uh, stretched off last week, so I don't expect we'll see him back uh, this week. Um, and then Tony Pulu went off for concussion, so we'll see how he goes. If he's not back, likely to just see uh, Zach Kibarigi throw in there. Um, and then returning, we have, sorry, for the Reds, uh, maybe Hunter Paisami. Luke Jones has been around and training now. We haven't seen him yet the whole season, but, I mean, hold your breath for that one. But Hunter Paisami, I, I think I think we'll probably see him roll out, um, whether it's off the bench or starting. You'd probably expect straight into starting. And then for the force, yep, sorry, I alluded to it before, but Kibarigi's back, will be back from a hammy. So, if, yeah, as we said, it might be in there for Tony Pulu and Gareth Simpson, who pulled his quad or something. So, yeah, my question for this one is, um, and it feels like an uncommon one, but coming off that force Kiwi win last week, who are the underdogs here? Mate, uh, they're both going to be fighting for the underdog status. <laughs> I think that's for sure. Um, look, I. It's in Queensland, and that's enough to make Reds the favourites. The Reds have got three wins. The Force have got three wins. It's it's pretty tight in the table between them. But in Queensland, that's probably what gives them the slight edge. Right. Yep. I'll back it. I think yeah, the Sun the Suncorp effect is enough. Um, and if they've got Hunter Pice Army coming back as well, yeah, I'll I'll give it to them. Um, so, look, if we see Hunter back, does he just slot straight into 12, Isaac Henry to the bench, Fluke to stay at 13? That seems kind of like the obvious uh, way that that'll, that'll go for, me, for mine. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, probably. Um, I, I wouldn't hate to see Paisami work his way back in off the bench, and, and he is someone who could be a great impact for them. Isaac Henry is is playing relatively well, so I wouldn't hate seeing him start in the 12 jersey and, and maybe come off not long into that second half with Paisami sparking um, the the D and the attack, hopefully, for, for the Reds. Um, but, yeah, I think if, you, if you're going, most likely it's probably Paisami to come straight back in. Very good. And otherwise, I think... Um, so Liam Wright is still out injured from his with his broken hand. Um, sorry, another player who I should have said... <clears throat> Fitting back, coming back is uh, Sarah Uru. I can't remember yeah. what the update is with him. If he's back, um, surely he goes straight into the sixth jersey. Um, yes, please. Otherwise, they had Jake Upfield was the the option there last last game, and nothing against Jake Upfield, but he's no Sarah Uru. So, um, yeah, Sarah Uru's felt shackled playing in the locks in the, the early part of this year, and we haven't seen him stride out. And this is a game that, you know, if he gets in that six jersey, he can sort of throw his name back up into contention and go, hang on, Eddie, don't forget about me, because he he loves a bit of unstructured play. He loves a bit of open field footy. And uh, this this was one that I reckon could suit him. Absolutely. Um, and so that is, of course, joining Fraser and Harry <clears throat> Wilson in the back row. Um Ooh. Like I said, Luke Jones, you could possibly see him, but don't know. Nah, we don't see him. I, I, won't, I won't say we're seeing him until we see him actually named in the lineup because yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been out for a long time and there's been some mumming and ahhing around him. I wouldn't be banking on him. Yeah. Now, speaking of, you brought up Eddie a second ago. Um, one of the things I loved out of the Wallabies camp, I don't remember, I don't know if you read this one, but yeah. um, it was, I was going to say, can Suliasi, Suliasi Vunivalu deliver like he did in the last game he played for the Reds? 
And one of my favorite things was at the Wallabies uh, kind of spring or summer get together was Eddie Jones walked out with a full blown cattle prod and just walked into the middle of the room and went, where's Vunavalu? <laughs> yeah. And just started hunting him down. And Vunavalu's eyes it. went bloody wide and was like running away from Eddie Jones. Uh, Mate, that might have been the first time we've seen Siliasi get to full pace. That could have been it. Eddie could have gone, I'll get him there. That's, Don't that's you worry. I'll let him. He, yeah. He's either going to tear that hammy or he's going to run quick. 100%. Uh, you know, Rennie was like, Rennie wanted to see the best, uh, wanted to see Vunavalu going 100% at training. Um, yeah. Eddie just went, look, you're going 100% at training or you're getting zapped up. You're getting put down, mate. There's no, you don't have an option here. So I'd love yeah, that. That, that um, performance of uh, Suli last matchup is an, enough to get him another start. You want to see if he can build some consistency in that performance. So it means your wingers are hopefully Pattaya and Vunavalu, Jock Campbell in the 15 jersey. Um, I have loved Pattaya at 15, but that's that's where I think we see that that back three. If you shift Pattaya to 15 to give him another crack there, which I don't think they will, it means you get to bring Dungunu back in. Um, who has been very good in patches for, mm. for the Reds this year and, and not throwing as many silly offloads and things. But, um, yeah, we haven't seen much of him in the last few weeks. This is true. And now the question I realised that we haven't put in here that we should be asking is um, James O'Connor. So remember he kind of had fallen out of favour and was dropped, was not playing 10. Lawson Crichton was starting. But then he came back in the, their last game before the bye, started at 12 and had an absolutely awesome game at 12. Um, he, he scored that... <clears throat> set up a try assist uh, for a try where he kind of made this awesome run, bumped through two players, looked like in some of the best form we've seen him in this year. Um, do we just see JOC going straight back to 10, particularly with Hunter coming back? I think so. Um, I mean, that, that's a spanner in the works that I forgot about the whole Isaac Henry playing 12 thing. So, yeah, no, look, I, I think, yeah, you, you've got to see Jock earning that 10 jersey again. Um, with Liner getting a bit of a crack in the back end of this game, hopefully getting, you know, 30, 30 minutes or so. And and whether that means we see Jock shift across at that point if Paisami started, um, I, I think that's a good way to, good way for them to build. Yeah, well, look, if Jock's starting at 10, do we even see Liner on the bench? Because Lawson Crichton kind of offers that cover of 10 and 15, you know, even wing as well, whereas Tom Liner really is just a 10. Um, Mate, there's a lot of versatility in that back line already. Like, if you cover Liner rather than Crichton, you've you've got Jock that can shift to 12. You've got um, Pattaya that can shift to fullback. You know, Campbell can shift That's to wing if he's playing fullback. And Fluke to wing. Like, there's yeah. so much versatility in, in that back line. Um, Paisami, the outside centre, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think they'll be too worried about that when the rest of your team, other than Dungunu, can play most of the back roles. Um, so f- for me, I'd, I'd like to see Liner. I, I, I think he needs another crack there. I think he's been great. All right, before we push on to the force, um, what do you, is there any particular thing you think the Reds will be targeting to have a crack at the force? Any areas that they'll they'll have identified um, and want to have? <clears throat> um, I probably don't have anything super insightful to to, to put here. <laughs> I can't think of anything either. Actually, as I asked the question, I thought not really. But, yeah, yeah, look, I I think the the force um, back three. Have been chopping and changing a lot. Um, without Callan, they, they probably lose someone who's strong over the ball. Um, if Fines moves back to the bench uh, with uh, Garrett Simpson back, they lose another strong on baller. Um, they they don't have um, 
uh, Kaitu'u there as a starting role as well. So they're not necessarily that solid over the ball. Yes, Anstey is is pretty good at it, um, but maybe we, we see the Reds with their you know very mobile back row and, and locks targeting the the breakdown a fair bit and and trying to hold the boys up and trying to get some turnovers and, and things like that. And it's going to be something that that I think maybe a weaker point slightly for the Force. I love that when um, you can tell that we're two forwards on this podcast. I love that when you say back three, we're talking about the back row, not the uh, the outside backs. But... <laughs> the important back three. So I, I knew exactly what you meant, though, as well. I was like, yeah, I know no. what I'm about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, all right. Well, look, let's jump to the force. You made some great points. First of all, um, Isaac Fines, surely he's, he's your best. He's your best halfback by a mile. He just offering. He offers so much, as you said. He's an on baller. He's explosive. He runs. He offers threats at the breakdown. Surely keep starting him. I haven't seen or you know been impressed by Simpson or Pryor or anyone else really. It's just him for mine. I, I look, I, I think Simpson has been willing to fill a, a role of a, a trying to be a bit of a leader for them, and and he's picked a few opportunities where he's done chips over the top and he's run it and things, and he's he's shown some positives for them. But he's a very different player to finds. If if the force are talking about what they want moving forward and they want fines to be an impact player, then keep him on the bench, push him back to the bench this week. But if they want him to develop as a, as a starting nine, somebody can play for bulk of the match. He deserves it. After last week, you deserve to give him the start again, bring on um, uh, Simpson off the bench. And I think Simpson can add some spark as well. So it's not like you, you can't do it. So you start with fines um, and then you bring Simpson on like, yeah, mate, look, I'd just be handing the Western Force fines every time they don't start fines, to be honest with you. That's just how I, I like it. it. But, um, I mean, even Eddie Jones was talking about Isaac Fines. He, he might not have known his name, but he was like, look, that, that guy who comes off the bench of the Force, he's fantastic. Um, but, no, I think the Force have one very clear strategy. It's just give the ball to Manasa Mateli. We said that this was our – I think that was in our entire pre <clears throat> summary of the Force's uh, game plan. And it's going to be awesome. I don't know if they're going to start him at 11 or 14 this week, but uh, we could see Mataeli up against Bunavali, not a leading siding matchup. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the lineup you want. I think the Force don't name their lineup until they see the Reds lineup, and then yeah. that's where they choose Mataeli up against Bunavali. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How good. Um, but yeah, I think we said Kibarigi straight in for Pulu if he's not back from concussion. Um, we've talked about yet yeah, half the halves, um, the back row. Um, Wells back. I think I think he started Wells at eight. Voyas Arthur, uh, you know, Raboni, where he had been brought in to you know fill a, a gap for Wells when Wells wasn't there. But I think look, Anstey's been playing incredibly. Wells has been awesome. Without Callan, who do you who do you fill in there as your third back row and else? Uh, look, I, I think we're probably going to see what they did a few weeks ago, and that's shift Anstey into seven. Um, he is the strongest on baller of of the the rest of that that forward pack back row, um, so I, I think that's probably what they'll do. I do think they're missing something um, in that that combination if they've got Vosayatho in there as well. Um, I we talk about it all the time. Love love Vosayatho, but um, he he's a man that's really struggling through injury. You can tell when you watch him. Um, and I think it's going to be something the Reds will target with their quite mobile, fast back row. And actually, sorry, speaking of um, the, the Force needs something that they might just see appear, do we see, ultra-excitingly, Izzy Nasarani just come on in and start? So he's been there for a couple of weeks. Obviously, he signed for next year. But Nasarani and um, Tizano, I don't think Tizano's around this year. But Nasarani has been there for the last couple of weeks training. 
uh, apparently. So, but I think they're I think they're both there. I think they're both in WA. Right. Um, and I think Nice Ronnie might still be nursing an injury and returning to play. If I got that right, I think you are right. Yeah. It was a hip or a knee or something like that. We haven't seen him play much footy, mm. um, but it's not a bad shout. If one of those two are fit, oh, get him in. Mate, get him in. Bring, bring one of them in. If if Tizano's fit, I'd be bringing him in. You know, he's your Callan's missing. Yeah. Bring him in and just go, mate. You ready? And you, you if he, you're someone has to run off the field and he can, they just give him the boots because he's on the sideline, ready yeah. to go, mate. That's what our sevens do. Just get him straight on there. Absolutely. Um, all right. So in this game, um, I guess. <clears throat> Not really sure what to expect. Um, I think, you know, the, I think the Reds have more to offer in the outside backs. Um, they've got quite a. I think I think the, the battle up front is going to be fairly evenly matched. Um, I think the force force the, what they really showed last week was they just played for eighty minutes and they attacked everything. You know what I mean? They played with the utmost intensity um, at every single contest. The breakdown set pace, their set pace was on point. Um, they just didn't let, take their foot off the gas, really. So I think they need to certainly play the same way against the Reds um, and not let the Reds kind of, yeah, build any momentum or, you know, uh, I guess trying to really get in their face. Um, but, you know, I think the Reds, particularly with Paisami back, uh, if Vunavalu can play half as well as he did last time, um, I think the Reds will be too much. So any final f- points before we chuck our tips in for this one? Uh, I think Hegarty is a pretty pivotal thing um, for the force. The, the force have probably developed their set piece and, and actually started to perform better in, in the back portion of, of the season to date. Um, Hegarty was something that was missing, that that director um, of of the, the, the side. Um, so he can put them in the right, sort of deep in the corners. The Reds' line-out has been iffy. You lose right. And I think Wright's been a huge part of their line out, even though he's their six. I think that really hurts them as well. Um, and I, I, yeah, you bring Severo in, and he, he's a very good jumper as well. But there's, there's changes there that maybe weaken something that hasn't been that strong for the Reds. Um, so I, I think that could be a real pivotal thing for the force. Um, they've got a 10 12 that can kick and, and sort of direct them around the paddock um, as long as they don't let Tia Tia kick after some of the shanks we've seen. I think against the Tars is a pretty shocking one. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if, if I'm the force, I'm, I'm backing the line out and, and putting a bit of pressure on the Reds if Uru's come in. Yep, very good. Um, all right, look, I'll give you my tip for this game. I think you went first last time on the most difficult one. Uh, I'm going to back the Reds <clears> at Suncorp, and I think the Reds will win this. But I think it will be close. So I think the Reds will win this by five. Yeah, I think this will be a tight one. I can see this going either way. Um, I think the Reds won't want to let this go. It, it, this will be a line in the sand for them if they're losing to the force at home. So I think the Reds scrape home and, and probably get a three-point win here. Yeah, and I think, look, to be honest, I, I've said five. If Eddie Jones is at the match and if he's holding that cattle prod sitting in that seat, maybe <laughs> they'll, win by t- they'll win by 12, you know what I mean? Because I think that'll make yeah. that a difference. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that'll be good. Um, and that that concludes uh, our main course. Those are our is it six games to look forward to this week. Um, so, how good. Back to the full complement for the rest of the season. Just one thought to- on dessert, mate. Desserto. Mm. 
how good is rugby living rent free in the head of all rugby league pundits, all <laughs> rugby league staff, all rugby league fans? The the most recent thing is Peter Valandi's coming out saying, for anyone who doesn't know, he's the the head of the NRL. Um, at the start of last week saying he's going to starve Rugby Union of Oxygen by not talking about them and then said two significant things throughout the week about rugby unprovoked. One of them um, is a, is about a player coming across and, and saying that Rugby Union should be seen as rugby boomerang because the players return to rugby league, which is the dumbest, least logical metaphor ever, um, shows how dumb he is. And then he's also now come out and said they're going to offer – um, some salary cap relief to teams if they're taking rugby union players and bringing them back to rugby league. And he, he name dropped, or he said South Africa and New Zealand and stuff like that, and Argentina even. Mate, that's so good for Rugby Australia. We're gonna You're going to let players come to us for a couple mm. of years. We're going to pay them more, and they know they can return back to rugby league with extra money, extra salary, you know, and they can join the top teams because they don't need to worry about a salary cap. Love and it, then man. they're going to take players from other countries. Mate, I love it. Let's make this happen, NRL. Let's make it happen. Idiots. The horse guy, Peter Volandis, mate. Eddie, yes. Eddie's, Eddie's got him right where he wants him. Uh, the Eddie Jones Show, I am the number one fan. It is it is fantastic, this. And really, I mean, if you haven't been following it, Nelson has just Nelson's mainly been loving it just for the Twitter battles that he's been kicking off. Um, he's been frothing on it, but um, right. so yeah. good, so enjoyable because you just get mumbles generally back. You get you get two responses when you rip them league, um, and generally it's not ripping on them. It's just pointing out how dumb some of the things they said. Some of these guys said was you get the rugby league fan that goes. Mate, they're different sports. They're both good sports. You can enjoy both. I don't know what's going on here. And then you get the ones that just go, rabble, rabble, rabble. The Landys is a king. Rabble, rabble, rabble. I can count to six. Look at me. And it's great. It's good fun. Excellent. We'll have all of the rugby league fans who listen to our podcast um, up in arms right now. So there you go. But um, maybe we'll get Harry to put some clips just of this little segment and chuck it up on Twitter just to really stir the pot. You know, that'd be good. Tag Landy in it. Very good. Well, sorry, that's if, um, I mean, if we allow Harry back into the podcast. I'm not sure about that. We'll have to see. Um, But, yeah, so, look, that takes, that's another episode of the Draft Rugby Show. Um, I don't know how we went on trying to keep it short and sweet, but that's episode episode 14, rounds 9 and 10, and we will catch you next week for the next one. Hooray. You. Kill Benz. All right, now how do I stop the recording?